Welcome to episode 162 of Friends and Film, where you release movie news and review the biggest new release, which this week is Happy Death Day to you. As always, I'm your host, Cooper Hood, and this week I'm joined by Josh Straley. Hello, everybody. Hello, Cooper. Hello. I have a question for you. Okay. Do you believe your phone listens to you, like Facebook and Instagram? Mm, like, listen to what you're the hearing time? or saying, and then use those to give you ads. Like all the time or just like when I'm using that? All the time, even when you're not. It's like right now, Facebook is listening to our Mm -hmm. podcast. And then they will give us a movie-related like suggestion in Instagram later. Uh, No. No? Do you think it's just like algorithms, what we search and all that jazz? Yeah, because I have that happen all the time where I'll search something... And then the next day, it's literally every ad I see is like, mm-hmm. do, you, do you want to buy that movie? Do you want to buy whatever it is you were looking at? It's yeah. Like, no, I would have bought it already. It's mm-hmm. just like, you just get those over and over and over again. Okay, yes. But I was eating a Belveda breakfast bar the other day. And How was it? It was great. It was the blueberry flavored <laughs> ones. You dip it in your coffee. Mm. But I'm pretty sure I said like, I need a Belveda. So I'm like opening it up. And then like, I kid you not, five minutes later. I'm scrolling through Instagram, Belvita breakfast bar ads right there. So either they know me really well or they are like stalking my social media all the time. Have you ever searched no, for one before? I didn't know they existed until like a month ago, hmm. but I've never been that curious. Interesting. I mean, maybe. Who knows? I don't but, know what technology is doing. You know, if if you are not an algorithm and you would like to stalk us on social media, you can do that on Twitter at Friends and Film. But if you're looking for the rest of our shows, you can find those on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, basically anywhere podcasts can be found. But if you can, on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us. That'll ultimately help rank us, and then we can find more friends of the show. Yeah. So before we get into our review of Happy Death Day to you, Josh, we've each watched something probably else this week. Yes. So what is the one thing you need to let the people know about? Uh, Hot Fuzz. Oh, Edgar yes. Wright's fourth, fifth, I don't know. Very, it's early, but also it is early it's, mid, it's mid. It's mid Edgar Wright. I mean, it's after Shaun of the Dead. Yes. And Fistful of Fingers. And then there's all of his music videos and TV shows. And right, whatever which you don't really count. So it's like, what, three? Yeah, that's like number three. And it is excellent. Like, top three Edgar Wright for me. Oh, for top three. Sure. Because you were saying I think it's it, a top one early this week. I think so. But I don't know where to put it. I mean, it's definitely better than... I've seen three Edgar Wright movies. Shaun of the Dead. Oh, okay. Baby Driver and this. And I think it's better than Baby Driver because Baby Driver is just sort of a copy of this for American audiences. Mm -hmm. It's fast-paced. It's funny. It's British humor, but also like leans into things that we can find funny a lot of the time. So I'm cackling through the entirety of it. It's got those high speed inserts Mm -hmm. and, you know, rapid fire um, jokes and everything like that. But it's also like a parody of like our cop movies here too. And I just loved it all the way through. I don't remember Simon Pegg's sidekick's name. The character's name? Yes. Or no, the the actor. Nick Frost. Nick Frost. Nick Frost is so funny in this movie. And I don't usually find him funny, but... Yeah. You've seen Hot Fuzz yes. and Baby Driver. Yes. What's the other one? Shaun of the Dead. Okay, so you have not seen Scott Pilgrim. Oh, I have seen Scott Pilgrim. Okay, so that's four. Okay, it's a top and three. You haven't but... seen World's End. No, that's the last one I need to do to complete yeah. the trilogy. Well, and... if you... well, yeah, the what's it called? The Cornetto? Yeah, I think it is. I believe it is. Yeah, it's definitely part of it. Okay, so yes, definitely top three. I would go Hot Fuzz, 
Baby Driver, Scott. Pilgrim. I did not watch any Edgar Wright movies. So I wish I, could. I wish I could. No, I thought you were going to say like, I you did not watch any. He's like, what? No, no, no. <gasps> no, actually, weirdly enough, I saw Alita Battle Angel <gasps> oh, twice. You... What? Yeah. The one was for work purposes. Okay. So I was writing something. I was like, I need a refresher because I saw mm-hmm. it like Wednesday. And I was writing the article on Saturday and I was like, I don't remember all the nitty gritty details about this world. So I'm mm-hmm. going to go go back, rewatch it again. Um, second time around, I thought it was much more enjoyable than the first time. Really? Because the first time you're just kind of the visuals and everything. You're just like, wow, this is like visually so good. Hmm. And Rosa Salazar's performance. It's, I'm like still questioning if it needed to be mocap. Because she's like the only one that is like that in the whole world, which is just feels like a strange decision uh, for me. But her performance is really good. The uh, the mocap and everything, like the, the technology on display in the film is great. But then the story and the third act kind of fell apart a little bit. Mm. And so the first time I watched it, I was like, ah, man, I just like, I felt more negative about it. But then when I watched the second time, I was like, no, but the first like two acts of this movie are like really, really good. Yeah. And yeah, the third act doesn't totally get there and it gets a little too obsessed with setting up a sequel that probably will never get, but it's a, it's a really cool movie. It's a really cool world. Um, I think it's one of those movies that it's going to bomb the box office, but it's like, man, but I wish I Mm -hmm. would have had the chance to like explore more. That's like a Warcraft a couple years ago, which is Warcraft. I think was a lot worse than Alita, but Warcraft, once I was over, I was like, but I would love to see another one of those movies yeah. because that world was so interesting and they fleshed it out a lot. They they focused maybe too much on the world <laughs> instead of the actual uh, story at hand there. But this one, they do a decent job juggling it, but then the third act, they're just like, but just in case, here's all the sequels set up. Oh. And it was a little like, oh, there's like some fake outs and some twists that don't totally make sense. But other than that, I mean, if you're going to go see it in theaters, see it in IMAX 3D. It's definitely worth it. Both times in Both IMAX times. for you? Yep. Nice, uh, nice, nice, And nice. yeah, it's, uh, it's I, good. I kept seeing headlines that said, it's so-so, but James Cameron, like visually, like right. Avatar, you should be excited for Avatar now. Yeah. Because I mean, this the, is like the test ground for it. The visual effects stuff for Avatar 2 is being built on what they did with Alita. So... Alito is built on Avatar, and now mm-hmm. Avatar 2 is going to be built on Alita. So it's uh, it's going to continue to grow, continue to hopefully look great. Yeah. So, yeah. Sick. Thumbs Sick. up. Uh, maybe it's not going to be my favorite movie or anything, but maybe half day to you could be. I don't know. Probably won't be. But I uh, gave it a review for the site that you can find on friendsandfilm.wordpress.com. And I thought this movie was just so enjoyable that it's like, yes, does everything about the movie make sense in its plot? No. Does the time travel different dimensions? I, I'm not totally sure how it all works, the science mm-hmm. behind it, because they don't really focus that much attention on it. But I think that's like purposeful. Yeah. Real quick, though. The marketing was misleading? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Because they, they sell it more of the tone of the first movie, where the first movie is much more of a straight up, this is Groundhog Day, but with a killer, and mm-hmm. it's there's thrills, and there's horror, and everything. But this one, it's like, we're going to sell you on that again, but that's not what this is, this really. Is actually, college, back to the future. Right. Right. Okay. It's, it's, it's a comedy. It's like, there's like John Hughes vibes, and like, maybe that could turn people off, but like, for whatever reason, once I... I felt like they established very early on that that's what this movie was. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't like the first act of the movie was, oh, here's the thrills and the horror. It's like from the get go, they were playing very heavily into the comedy. So yeah, since there wasn't like a tonal switch, it worked for me throughout the whole thing. There is a great uh, death montage from Tree that I think is better than the suicide montage that we got in Deadpool Two. Like the stuff they do here, I thought was just so funny. And mm-hmm. Jessica Roth 
in those moments, but then throughout the entire movie just continues to impress me because she has like the, she can express all the emotions needed to be like the super angry. Like I'm so frustrated with being stuck in a time loop sort of a thing, but then she could also dive into the emotional core of the movie, which had a lot more heart than I was expecting uh, from this franchise. And she delivered on all those aspects. There's um, new side characters that are fun Mm -hmm. and continue to make you laugh. And the only thing that kind of like drags down a little bit is when it remembers, Oh yeah, we're a happy death day movie. So we have to get back to a killer at some point. (laughs) And it's like when they do that, it's like, Oh, but I was really like, not that it's bad, but I was really enjoying not that part of the movie. Mm -hmm. And it felt like force fed. That's like, Oh, but we need to stop the killer real quick before we solve up the main storyline here. Right. So that part kind of dragged down a little bit. And then the, who the killer is, I thought was like so blatantly obvious that it's like, there's no twist or reveal or surprise or anything. Mm -hmm. So like that whole segment of the movie just didn't really like, was not super interesting. I was much more interested in, Tree's new life that she's living and the decisions she has to make and uh, the different relationships that she has this time around. So uh, despite some of the the flaws near the end, I thought this was a really enjoyable movie. I'm going to give it four ticket stubs out of five. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Um, So my question is, spoilers is the name of the killer, right? Is that about that? Yeah, basically. And then, like, I mean, the motive for her decision... And what she wants to do or has to choose to do, I think, is kind of a spoiler. Okay, but we're when we're talking parallel dimensions here, I'm right there. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I did not expect this. First of all, I we need to correct the record. I don't know if I was just agreeing with Cooper at the end of last <laughs> week's episode. I'm not sure if I even did. I need to go back and listen to it at this point. So I'm operating with incomplete information. But I may or may not have said I have seen Happy Death Day. <laughs> I have not seen Happy Death Day. So I walked into Happy Death Day to you not knowing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like all these motifs and everything like that, it kicks up and starts like the other ones and the callbacks. Like not, this is the first time I'm getting me, yeah. all of these things. So I'm definitely not experiencing... I definitely did not get the experience of a happy death day movie that I was expecting the entire way through this thing. But starting off with five, you um, Ryan, Ryan mm-hmm. in, the, in the movie is perfect and funny because that's, he starts the that like that entrance starts yes. the movie. Uh, the first one, right? No. So the first, no. the first one, it's all from her perspective, but he just walks in. He's like, Oh, whoa. And yeah. then walks back so out. Okay. He, he's, yeah. he always bursts in. He's like, Hey, are you done hooking up with that chick? Oh, uh, never mind. My See bad. ya. Yeah. yeah. And then buzzes out. Okay. So there's that whole thing. And that's like hilarious. I'm like, this doesn't feel like a Blumhouse movie mm-hmm. in any way, especially too. Cause I like, I leaned over to um, my friend I was seeing the movie with and I'm like, that they make the best horror movies ever. Like mm-hmm. just to be obnoxiously. And then we get like this rom-com back to the future with a few murders sprinkled in there. And I'm like, not at all what I'm expecting, but it works. Mm-hmm. It really, really does. And like you said, Jessica Roth as tree, like, like the movie just veers off the main course. And it's like, we're going to tell a story about parallel dimensions, death, love, and you know, the, ethics of what happens if you get stuck in a parallel dimension where you're like mm-hmm. this is pretty cool yeah <laughs> and the things like that and i'm like oh my gosh this is like a like a high this is like a high concept sci-fi movie with murders all around mm-hmm. it like taking place in college with people who like aren't even gonna like exalt it or whatever so so cool and so funny there um but yeah like they it seems like they round out the cast with um, Sergio Sharma and then also sarah yarkin mm-hmm. um and so like they fill up like you know like it's a really good and though, yes, at a certain point, I was like, 
okay, the high stakes drama. Yes. In any sense of the word. I just started rolling my eyes as the murder for this. Um, but there are laughs all the way through. The death montage is perfect in every Carter tree's boyfriend in the other dimension yes. yeah all of that like you know is not with her she's with yes who's like her like not rival in her regular dimension but mm-hmm. like they're definitely not friends. besties <laughs> yeah right, for sure so it seems like she doesn't have a lot of besties in the no. other dimension okay yeah gotcha. basically just carter <laughs> but yeah um so 100 percent like all for that entire dynamic and then jessica roth just in general i think i already praised her acting and everything like that but the when she realizes she's back in the first time loop mm-hmm. and storms through just so furious about everything that's going on is one of the most perfect scenes of the movie yeah. too as she just like calls out everything that she learned from the last movie just offhand and flippantly mm-hmm. so i'm gonna go ahead and give it three and a half ticket stubs okay i didn't think it was like particularly great but i did not have that about most movies <laughs> that i've given three and a half to so so there you go so let's move into spoilers for Happy Death Day to you. So if you haven't seen it yet, turn away now, go see it, and then come back and join us for the spoiler discussion. Or at least say you've seen it. And right. Just... <laughs> you can just lie about it like Josh may or may not have done, which still, we don't know. We're recording this without, we should, maybe we should have fact-checked this beforehand. But uh, in terms of like spoilers, like it's really just comes down to the end of the movie where, mm-hmm. yeah, the killer is the teacher that she doesn't have in this current dimension, but she has in the other dimension that she was having an affair with. Yes, the handsome German doctor. Yes. And uh, so he's the killer in this dimension. He's going after her killer in the previous universe that's Mm -hmm. now just her regular roommate and trying to kill her because his wife found out about their own affair. Yes, like they flip... They like flip the script on this uh-huh. one from what I understand because she had a crush on the doctor and yes. she wanted to have the affair with mm-hmm. him rather than the other way around. Right. Which is gotcha. Yeah. It's, um, uh, it's kind of ridiculous, but you know. Exactly. So then like the, the entire like um, the moral of the story is go to, go help your killer out from being killed <laughs> from the other dimension. And it's like, oh, it's forgiveness in a roundabout way. But then there's also the like the whole thing of like, well, should she stay in this dimension or not? Mm-hmm. Which I I found that to be the most compelling part of the movie. That's the true heart of the movie. Because unlike the her uh, unlike Tree's regular dimension, uh, where her mom has died, she is still around in this other dimension. So mm-hmm. she has to basically choose. Well, my mom's alive in this dimension, but this is not my life that I've known. This is not these are not my memories about eating cinnamon rolls off the coast of some exotic location and Mm -hmm. do i stay here or do i go back to my regular life be with carter lose my mom again and like fulfill like my regular life yeah which is wild like because i mean it's a concept like i was thinking i was like oh snap this probably means that the other tree is in her dimension yes and so you're like oh this is like and if she hasn't figured out how to solve it like you have like an ethical duty to be like I have to go back to mine because I'm like stealing someone else's life at this point. Yeah. And that's insane. And then, you know, her and Carter get into this conversation about like what makes you you and everything mm-hmm. like that. Like you don't belong there literally because you haven't lived any moments of those life. Right. Even though it technically is you. Right. Which I but thought it isn't you. Right. Like I thought that was like such a like, like it was, it was surprising to have like that sort of a conversation in a movie called like happy death day to you. And if mm-hmm. you saw the original, it's like, that's not any like 
those themes, these discussions, like the comedy, like that's all not part of the first movie. There's been this little comedy in the first one, but like it is more of a straight up slasher. And this one, it's like, no, but like who is tree? What makes her tick? Like, like what makes her who she is? And it's largely revolved around like the death of her mom, uh, going through the time loop for for, for once. Mm-hmm. And then her new relationship with Carter. And that all is like taken away from her this time. And, uh, I thought it was just really interesting that they have to like push her to be like, all right, well, you have to still die because we have to figure out how to fix Sissy to stop the loop from happening again, right. close it on both ends or on all ends and get you back. And since you're the only that remembers it, you have to memorize all these mm-hmm. scientific scientific formulas. And she's like, this is not my, this is not my area. I do not understand yeah. any of this. And uh, it's, it makes for you know, a really funny like montage of itself of her learning and seeing all the formulas and trying to like memorize it all. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. seeing like Danielle and Carter like kissing and she's just right. like drinking her blue milkshake, like very upset about the whole situation. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just like, super surprising but also pleasant and welcomed yeah absolutely in all the ways expected and unexpected um five view as ryan who wakes up in the murder loop before they fire up the interdimensional time travel mm-hmm. reversal device or whatever the case is definitely the best part though like that opening 15 minutes or so where he's being hunted by himself yes. from that same dimension is the absolute best especially when they're like where are we gonna go hide out at oh in plain sight and then they're just surrounded at the basketball stadium yeah. with baby mass killers which is what a what a morbid mascot oh i know like who, like <laughs> what what like student body president mm-hmm. or governor's board of the college was like no we need to have our mascot be a baby <laughs> no, no not just a baby and a though, scary baby <laughs> a murderous baby a scary giant baby <laughs> like that is that is the seed of chucky in so many ways yes yeah. So that, I mean, the, and that's one of those things where it's like, I don't really understand like what happened afterwards. Like there was a second Ryan, what happened to him? They Mm -hmm. never killed him. That's when Sissy exploded. And then when Sissy, they closed the loop and then he was gone. Or if he was still there, they didn't mention it. That's right. Yeah. Like, I guess he's just gone. Yeah. It was just like, it's one of those weird things. Like what, what just happened? I don't understand it. Um, but like there's a post credit scene. There is a post credit scene, which, uh, sets up where, after they successfully close the loop, mm-hmm. the government comes and takes Sissy. Right. And then comes and recruits uh, the gang to be like, all right, you guys figure out how to use this. We don't know how to use it. So you mm-hmm. guys have to basically tell us so we can figure out how it works. And they're like, well, you're going to need a test subject then. And they're like, well, who's it going to be? And they choose Danielle because right. they all hate Danielle in right. that dimension. And so she wakes up that at a time. I thought that was really funny mm-hmm. um, because at least in the first movie, Rachel Matthews, the actress who plays Danielle, doesn't get a lot to do besides just be like annoying and like controlling to be like, Tree, how come you're not at our sorority meetings? It's like, nobody yeah. cares. She's dying every day. And, uh, but this time she is the girlfriend for Carter. So like she gets a little more to do. She's also a wannabe actress. So mm-hmm. like she's like trying to move into that realm and then working on a blind her, character. Yeah. Her <laughs> blind foreign exchange student, like that whole gag with the, uh, he's not like, he's not a, what the is dean? the dean yeah, yeah the dean of the school i thought that was like so so funny because she's just like smacking him beside the uh-huh. face with like her pole i was like this is just like it is so ridiculous they that... say acting like a blind person is harder than being blind yeah <laughs> it's just like it is it, it's really good stuff so i mean if that's the way they go like would you be cool seeing a, a third movie with her at the center yeah from her perspective with everyone else in the same roles but i mean well, obviously but just like being themselves and it's like her job to figure it out but they all hate her 
Like, yeah, they'll all have that, like, we don't want to talk to you attitude. So then when she starts acting crazy, it'll be up to the, her, them, her to convince them to jump on board. Right. Well, I guess it would. Or maybe she moves through both movies and her loop is 48 hours. I mean, how, the question would become, when does the loop start? Because. Ooh, good point. If the loop starts like that day, then they would all know about it no matter what variation of the day she's living. Hmm. So then like they would have that like, okay, do we help her try to solve this? Or like, how is it controlled by the scientific community? Is it like a matrix? Yeah. I, like, I don't know. Like, it, it's not like this is like a VR thing where like they've strapped her into a bed and they've like, you know, hypnotized her to make her think she's living in a time loop. Like if they're actually using sissy, they would actually be deploying a time loop on her. Yes. So no idea what, that means i don't know either i think it's just a fun idea i think so too <laughs> and like i did like that they like explained that the time loop thing like wasn't just like a random coincidence from the first movie it was like no it right. happened because of this like, okay yeah. that makes sense which is great well that's why the opening is great because it's like oh here's this guy that you got like a look at like three or four times right. or 11 times whatever the case is how many um in the first movie like now we'll follow him and he's the reason mm-hmm. why here we go yeah and then so. she freaks out of him, and mm-hmm. it's a it, 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 it's really really funny. And that's another great moment too, where she just like gets up, beats him to the door, and is like, yeah. "Get, Get down here. here! Yeah, you guys met before? Yeah, no. I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? She's like, just meet me in your lab in an hour. Mm-hmm. We're gonna figure this out. Uh, and yeah, I thought I think if we're talking about sequels, uh, I mean, I personally I feel like that Michelle or the Danielle thing would be funny. But it's like I don't know if like what that would be. It'd be interesting to see like Rachel Matthews take on the lead role, but I also don't mm-hmm. want to see Jessica Roth take a back seat. Yeah, like, be like I want, what a waste. Yeah, like, I want her to still be the star, unless obviously she's going on to do bigger and better things, and that's why they set it up this way mm-hmm. to be like she's probably moving on, uh, which is possible, and she's great. And so if that happens, then more power to her. But if they want to do like a true sequel to Happy Death Day, Happy Death Day to You, do a third one, like they've kind of opened the door for unlimited possibilities, right? Like you could do, yeah. You, I would love to see the the reverse of this, where like instead of following the tree we know, everything happens the same way. With you basically just like reuse the footage from the mm-hmm. sequel, the opening, and then when the when Sissy explodes, we get to see Trish from Dimension Two in the regular dimension that we're used to seeing, and then see how this other Trish is different from a, in terms of personality or how oh. she takes to like, Oh, well, I'm dating Carter. No, that's, that's weird. Like, like the wait, same thing. Yeah. But... Then, but then it's like, Oh wait, my, but my mom's gone. Like mm-hmm. what the heck? Like where does like her decision come into play then? Cause like, this sounds if, like a Netflix choosy your own adventure. Type I mean, basically thing. <laughs> like if, if, cause if trees in dimension two, then dimension two tree has to be somewhere. Right. <laughs> so she would theoretically be in dimension one. Or maybe she's in Dimension 3 and Dimension 3 she's in Dimension 1. Or you could just go for all these different possibilities and uh, I think give Jessica Roth a really great, uh, you know, Uh just canvas to play with. Be like, all right, so what kind of tree do you want to, you know, play this time? She's like, I don't know, maybe like a goth version. It's just like, all right, you goth tree, you're now in dimension four. And or or there's a really sporty tree. And so it's like you could do so many different variations. Um and even you could combine all that into one movie and it's you see Jessica Roth 
all these different versions of her, like a, like a flashpoint <laughs> orphan black thing. It's just like multiple all, crises all the, and multiple Yeah, worlds. all these different trees are like having to figure out their ways back. Like there's just so much fun and insanity to be had with this that like mm-hmm. no matter what way they go, as long as Happy Death Day 3 happens, which it probably will because these movies are super cheap to make and they make decent amount of money at the box office. Yeah, what uh, did the first one do? It did Gangbusters, if I remember it, right. It, yeah, it cost like $5 million and then I think it made like, I want to say 200 worldwide, Yeesh. but that made that seems a little high. But it's uh, it's definitely not hurting for 125. Money. Yeah, uh, I mean, you jump in the OD and everything else. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and happy death day to you. What a lucrative business Blumhouse is in. Yeah, I mean, happy death day to you is already at 25 million dollars worldwide in just a couple of days and only cost nine million dollars to make. So they're already in the profit as small as that may be. I mean, mm-hmm. this movie's going to probably continue on. It's getting great reviews from everybody, but it, both of us like it a lot as well. So uh, hopefully, I mean, you've seen it. If you're in the spoiler section at this point, um, I would like to ask you though, as since you mentioned that you have not seen the first one, as far as you believe. Yes. <laughs> do, do you think that hurt it in any way? Is there anything you were like confused about with who tree is or how the like the mechanics of the whole thing worked it set itself up really well like i knew what was going on right from the beginning like i'm like it started it began it's like okay new person new perspective and then she recaps everything for us mm-hmm. like just literally said okay let's recap and once that was over i was good to go there are a few like distant or side shots of things like huh i don't know what that's about but i get it <laughs> And th- but then she comes back around when she storms through the campus and basically just tells everyone off or like points out all of the things that are going on. Mm-hmm. Um, like when she tells like one guy, she's like, you're gay. And yeah. Like runs off. I'm like, oh, that must have been a thing from the first one or whatever. Well, right. Because earlier in the move before she, the loop yeah, happened, she gives a like a distant look back at him. Yeah, she's like, like he's on a date up. or something yeah. like that with somebody. So, yeah, I didn't hurt the movie at all for me. But at one or two moments, it's like, gee, it's kind of wasting its premise here. But right at that point i realized it's not that movie this time around right and i just kind of let that go yeah i mean if you really want to see a slasher movie version of this just go watch the first one i think like honestly like (laughs) whether you've seen it and you forgot about it or you haven't seen it and you just maybe lied about it or may have not i have no we have no idea still uh i think you would really enjoy the first happy death day absolutely do it's on fox right now so i'm gonna get like a a pretty cut choppy version but i'm (laughs) pretty sure i'll still enjoy it i don't think it should be it shouldn't be cut up too much I mean, yeah. commercial breaks yes but i mean there's not like it's cutting out you know anything it's pg-13 so yeah but it just ruins pacing true there is a there is an f-bomb in this one right there is n- not an f-bomb in this one i thought there was or no, I'm, no there is one in alita it's r- kind of funny a little a little out of place a little bit but oh, it's good. like it's just like oh okay we're going for it <laughs> i need to swear word here and there but no we did not get a single one that was like shocked because I thought this was our film. It's not. It's no, PG-13. it's PG-13. Both of them are. So uh, on that note, Josh, will you watch Happy Death Day to you again? Yes, because I'll go back and watch Happy Death Day, and then I'll go right into To You. Gotcha. And then it'll be like one of my random, lovable Blumhouse film sets mm-hmm. or trilogies, whatever Hopefully. the case may be. Uh, the stars have already talked about a trilogy. Yeah, so. the, the stars have talked about it. The post credit scene is pretty obvious that like, they, they know where they're going if they do a third one. They're doing more. Or yeah. they at least have ideas for one. Mm-hmm. And so I think as long as it makes a decent amount of money at the box office, it'll be, it'll be back. Even if it sputters over $50 million, yeah, I mean, that's, that's still that's worth still, another one. Yeah, it's still plenty of money. Um, and I could honestly see like them just like 
like I feel like a Happy Death Day movie is something that would be like perfect for like a streaming service or something that's just like you drop it this time, everybody buzzes about it, and mm-hmm. like we yep. move on. Like, Make oh, those memes. It had thirty million views the first day. It's like oh, okay, great. There's keep, like keep making more. Three hundred jiffable moments in this film. Oh yeah, and unfortunately, there's like none of them online right now. <laughs> no. But we'll get them eventually soon. eventually um so that is all we have for our reviews of happy death day to you i get four ticket stubs out of five josh gives it three and a half ticket stubs out of five we'll be right back in a bit with the news back with the news and as well as going to start with our three main topics this week kicking off with a lot of updates on denny villeneuve's dune movie uh thr reported that josh brolin has joined the cast as the latest star uh he will play gurney halleck a swordsman loyal to the family who is instrumental in the awakening of the atreides comic or cosmic sorry powers uh which will start a revolution and then later in the week they also added that jason momoa has joined as Duncan Idaho, a fellow swordsman who is fiercely loyal to the Atreides family. So we have Josh Brolin and Jason Momoa, Thanos and Aquaman, now part of Dune. They're, I think, the final two stars, at least major stars that are going to join the cast, other than like, you know, some small supporting roles here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is like a cast to rival any cast ever, right? Y- yes. Yes. Javier Bar. I mean, like, listen, the, the teeny, the teenies are gonna be like Shamome and Zendaya, woo, whatever the case is. There. I mean, they're they're very talented. They're, they're popular with the kids, you know. Uh, but Javier Bardem, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Rebecca Ferguson, Jason Momoa, in a Dennis Villeneuve film, plus Dave Bautista, Alexander Skarsgård, Charlotte yes, Rampling, yes. or Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. I always say Alexander. I know. I mean, he'd be a great, Skarsgård. he'd be a great villain in this. He movie. would be. He'd be a seamless addition to this. Duology. Trilogy. It's supposed to be a duology. Yes. Because that's the only way he said he could tell as it. Right. Long as, he, as long as we get two installments, mm-hmm. fingers crossed. I don't think, yeah, that's right. Blade oh, Runner, gosh. How it turned out. Yeah, it is the cast arrival all cast. I mean, I, it, yeah, Star Wars is the only one that probably can start with The Force Awakens or, yeah. that's Or the, like an Avengers movie or, or like an Avengers something. film or something like that is the only thing to rival this. But a obscure sci-fi novel that got an obscure adaption from one of our most obscure directors of all time. Lovable obscure directors of all time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's obscure anymore. No, he's not. But he's pretty high is, profile. He's high profile, but he's also just weird. Yeah. Right. We can all agree with that. Are you talking about David Lynch or Danny Villeneuve? Lynch. Oh, okay. oh not oh, Villeneuve. I was like, okay, 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 yes. Everybody okay, yes. Villeneuve. David Lynch is very obscure, yes. I thought you were talking mm-hmm. about... Villeneuve, I was like, I mean, he's we're, not... I guess he shouldn't be obscured. He's just weird. Yes, that is true. And today, it's weird to come across someone who's like, oh, I've seen the Dune adaption. And like, I've seen it. Yeah, you have, which is great. It's very weird. It is very weird. Like, you <laughs> look I'm at like, it, okay, like... I get behind it. They thought this was Star Wars. It wasn't Star Wars, and bleh, the end. <laughs> um, it's like watching Waterworld. And which, now Denny wants this version of Dune to be Star Wars for adults. <laughs> yes. That's what he's talking as about. As he specifically said. So, I, I am absolutely yeah i'm beside myself on how like well this cast 
came together. Mm-hmm. That kind of felt like that was going to be the case. At least he would, he would get some A plus players right. for a very serious adaption. But I did not expect to say Oscar Isaac's name in this movie <laughs> at all. Uh, Jason, the, the Momoa thing is the most outlandish, mm-hmm. just because he's so he's always been he's been one note or two notes, I guess. Yeah. Um, Cal and then Aquaman, really for all the rest of us. I don't know about that Frontier show that he's in. But I maybe, watched like two episodes. And I was like, this is not for me. Okay. So <laughs> dipped it. But yeah, I I am just all about this. And then like I'm not even talking about Josh Brolin, who I've grown to love over the course of this entire mm-hmm. show. So And it's a reunion for them, obviously with Sicario. So that's right. And I didn't even think of that. Yeah. The one person's missing that's Harrison Ford. Oh, I'd kill for that. That'd be pretty great. Harrison Ford does sci-fi all the time, so and he had a great experience with Villeneuve. Well, I, and Josh Brolin's the only, or no, Batista. Mm-hmm. They're the only two that previously worked with Villeneuve for this new one. So uh, it's a A-list cast. It's got to be an expensive cast for sure. Um, and it's it's kind of weird because like you would think, like just thinking back to like Blade Runner, there's not like the Mackenzie Davis really who's like that person who's on the cusp of being like a major star. Mm-hmm. There's not a, uh, uh, I don't remember the girl's name, but so, uh, no, uh, Sokovia hoax, Sylvia hoax. Oh yes. The other replicant, hunter, the other blade mm-hmm. runner person, uh, which like somebody who's like brought out of obscurity basically. And then it's like, she's amazing. Put on everything sort yeah. of thing. And like, there's no, but like everybody in this cast is like, you know them. They've been in seven things before mm-hmm. they've made a billion dollars and it's like, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Every one of these people could command their own movies. I didn't even, not to mention Charlotte Rampling mm-hmm. who uh, we definitely forgot there. So it is going to be, yeah, like you said, like every one of these people has done something in a film where you're like, this is the best moment of this movie. Mm-hmm. And here they all are in one movie together. Two movies, you know, Hopefully, yeah. all works well. So, so the ooh. the question becomes then: Yes, is it going to be worth it? Like, I mean, not in terms of quality. I think Dune's going to be amazing, and but like you're putting all this money into star power, like wh- which one of these stars is like yeah. you're going to like sell them? Like you're selling the movie on Chalamet, yes. who like people know, mm-hmm. but it's not like ooh Timothy Chalamet. I have to go see his new movie because like nobody saw Beautiful Boy. <laughs> so right. I mean, uh, it's on like, Amazon it's, now. It's like is. Like, is that why Jace Momoa is now, like, the final cast member to join? Because they're like, uh, Warner Brothers like, hey, Legendary, our subsidiary. Mm-hmm. We just made a billion dollars with this guy. Why don't you put him in this, like, movie Ooh. that we're going to pay, Ooh. like, a $150 million for probably for a budget? Was... And, yeah. uh, like, get him in here so we can try to get, like, a $50 million opening weekend and then cruise along to break even? Like... That like that's got to be the goal. I mean, this movie's not a hundred million dollar opening weekend t- sort of thing. I, I don't think, think so. It could be though. I would love that. <sighs> Man, I just don't. Yeah, the bet here is ridiculous. Like like you're suggesting, because I don't see it being like that at all. Like and and then if Blade Runner taught us anything, mm-hmm. nostalgia isn't going to get you anywhere. I mean, is there any nostalgia for Dune? <laughs> no, there isn't. And we don't have that here. We are it's literally starting a property from square one. Mm-hmm. Except for some of us know Kyle McLaughlin's character. Right. Or it's like, it's like, oh yeah, like I've heard of the Frank Herbert novel, mm-hmm. but like never read it, never seen it on a store shelf, never, you know, picked it up to glance at it, never seen the movie. And so. then Luke Besson's 
Valerian film mm-hmm. did not go no. anywhere. I mean, I think this is a little different because I think Best Den- in I think for... I think I think Denny's name's a little more prominent. I mean, he's still not like a ticket selling machine sort of a guy, but like I think Dune with the, this cast, especially, it's like Valerian's being sold on the backs of uh, uh, Cara Delevingne. And the guy who played Green Goblin in Amazing Spider-Man, who I can't think of his name for some reason, even though he's great. So it's like, they're not like selling that on the backs of a Timothy Chalamet, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, who's just in the highest grossing Mission Impossible movie of all time, mm-hmm. and Oscar Isaac, who's going to be fresh off of Star Wars 9. Uh, like, Dave Bautista, done all the Guardians movies, Avengers, like, he's huge. Jason Momoa, Aquaman, Josh Brolin is blowing up everywhere. It's like, this movie has a ton of stars. I just really hope that it pays off at the box office so that way we get a successful first movie and then get the sequel. Are they going to shoot back to back though? I don't think so. Oh, I mean that, that I hope that changes. I feel, I feel like that's too big of a risk though for the studio. Cuz like if that first movie comes out and it makes like a hundred million dollars worldwide. It's like, well, now we have another hundred fifty million dollar production in the can. What do we do with this? I don't know, man. I just really hope like I I just want to get I want another heist like we did with Blade Runner 2049 which ended up making 260 million dollars at the box office you know all all things considered which is pretty good yeah from where we thought it was going to land after its initial production mm-hmm. but yeah i i really need this franchise to pan out and i hope with all of the with every cast member they've got here as well as all of Villeneuve's creative austere and talent we could get there yeah i mean who knows i mean he has shown the ability to do you know high concept sci-fi on a lowish budget like arrival was less than 50 million dollars to make mm-hmm. but and then it made 200 million dollars worldwide so it's like okay like that's good it got critical reception there was some awards talk for it like it did very well for itself but blade Runner 24 9 at 259 million dollars worldwide is still his highest grossing movie at the box office. And it costs $150 million to make reportedly. It's the price and we pay for art. And that's with no marketing, which was probably huge. And it's uh, it's going to be tough. I hope it works. I mean, this movie officially also has a release date of November 20th, 2020. Mm-hmm. So we know we're getting it next year. I think right now it's like my most anticipated movie of 2020. Because mm. like... We don't have Marvel dates yet. We, <laughs> well, we, we, we know it's going to be Black Widow and Eternals. And it's like... I'm like excited for both of them, but it's not like, oh, if I don't see this movie, I'm going to die sort of a thing. Um, and then it's just like, I'm so proud of you. It's going to be like either like, I mean, my most anticipated cop a movie of 2020 would probably be like Wonder Woman 2. Um, and after that, it's like, what else is coming out in 2020? Bond 25? Eh, we'll see about it. We'll talk about it in the flyby. Uh, you know, I'm, Nolan's next movie is probably going to be like my number two at this point, number three. Like, it'll be way high up there. But uh, I think for right now, Dune has an assembled cast. I know it's going to be ish, and uh, I hope it's a hit. I really I do. I do too. I really do. So uh, let's move on to Aquaman two. Speaking of Jason Momoa, uh, he is officially getting a sequel, and the rap broke the news this week that Warner Brothers is bringing back Aquaman co-writer David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick. That's not like two or three people. That's one person. <laughs> Very long name. Uh, they are returning to write the script for Aquaman two. I feel like this makes a lot of sense. Uh, McGoldrick came in kind of later in the Aquaman process, punched up the script, made it a billion dollar movie, or at least he's somewhat responsible for it becoming a, bi- a billion dollar movie with the tone and the jokes and mm-hmm. laying out the story. So 
I think it makes a lot of sense that he's the one being brought back to write this sequel. Um, is there anything that, I mean, do you disagree with that? And if, I mean, I, I doubt it's it. It's hard to say. Like, yeah, like, listen, like, you know, like coming out of left field, like punching a writer in the face, like, <laughs> no, your script was terrible. Like, at, scripts are the foundation of the movie. And from, like, Aquaman has a great foundation. Like, that's a world building, expansive, epic script that takes us all sorts of places. My problems with it weren't anything script related, you know? Mm-hmm. L- at least that, not that I could tell because of everything that was built on top of it and edited <laughs> and switched around and, you know, layered through. So, yes, this is good. The better news is Aquaman's getting a sequel, yeah. but also it's news that we expected mm-hmm. because it did one point. It's at 1.1 something. Yeah. So it is the highest gross in DC movie ever. Mm-hmm. Obviously the highest gross in DC EU movie as well. So, uh, it, yeah, like you said, it is has been expected. There were talks that James Wan's basically just waiting for a great script to sign on so he can direct the sequel. Um, so Johnson McGoldrick has obviously a relationship with Wan with the first Aquaman, but he also wrote Conjuring 2, Conjuring 3. So he's somebody that Wan is obviously familiar with. So it makes sense that he's being brought back with the eventual goal that Juan will also be back to direct it. So mm-hmm. you're not going to be like, hey, Juan's longtime writing partner, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and then hope it, he sticks around. <laughs> right. It's very much just like, a, well, you hire this guy first, yeah. and then maybe you'll hire me. Yeah. Which is, it's very much like, a, I'll just wait for, you know, my agent to be like, is it 10 million this time? Is it 10? Or is it 15? <laughs> what what are we doing? Yeah. yeah. What percentage of that? And you really just let, Aquaman run its course all the oh, way yeah. through the box office, which is nearing its end mm-hmm. another month or two, maybe another month. Probably. And then you strike your deal. Yeah. Because you have full numbers and be like, well, made 2.3 or 1.3, 1.4, which would be a lot, but. Yeah. Yeah. It'll probably top, probably top out around 1.2, either just below it or just, just above it. And then maybe you wait till like the first week of April to really start negotiating. So you mm-hmm. get like a week or two, of, I think. It'll be on VOD yes. or Blu-ray by that point, mm-hmm. so that you could be early like sales. early sales. Be like, hey, this, is, this is our best-selling movie of the last three years. And it's first week. It's like, all right, does it have let's, its, let's make it fifteen. <laughs> does it have its China release yet? Uh yeah, it's already out in China. Oh, awesome. So that's what like it's done a lot. It's done. I want to say like three hundred million dollars in, the market, in China, and that's the market they need. It is. It's, it's really what they need. It's what Alita Battle Angel needs right now. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what it looks like. Uh, I'm pulling it up real quick here just to see. It has made, oh, it's just under $298 million. It's right there. In China. There so uh, it, it got an ex- it even got an extended stay, I believe, because like normally China movies are like, at least from Hollywood, they're two to three week runs and they're out, but then they extended Aquaman's by I think a week or two. So uh, the audiences over there are loving it. Audiences around the world are loving it, obviously. So uh, this makes sense. Is there anything you really want to see in Aquaman 2? Oh, man, it's hard to say. Like, I felt like I got shown too much in Aquaman the first time around okay. because we just move everywhere mm-hmm. so quickly. I, I I think what's left is to actually explore some maybe of parts of like the wider, more untamed ocean mm-hmm. rather like... I don't know. I would like to see them go location for some of this. Right. And just show me some like worldwide ocean views and things like that. Like take Aquaman and put him like in man versus wilderness or whatever the case is. <laughs> I don't like, cause it is CG heavy. And of course that's, you know, vital to getting the look and feel and 
it, it, James Wan's movies very much like live action anime in a lot of ways. Yeah. Just everything we have to see. But I would like to see them tone that down a little bit when not underwater on the ocean. Because I feel like the next step is to, you know, bring the war above the surface. Right. In some ways. Which, like, personally, I would love to see. Uh, they, they set it up enough for Black Manta to be the full villain mm-hmm. of the sequel. I would love that. I thought Yaya Abdul-Mateen, the second was really good as Black Manta. Just got, like, no screen time. Or not, he got a lot of screen time. But, like, his role wasn't actually that integral to the actual movie, uh-huh. uh, strangely enough. <laughs> right. And he's basically just a plot device of, like, oh, yeah, we need somebody to go do this. Let's call Black Manta real quick to mm-hmm. have him do it. Um, so I'd like to see him get more involved do his own thing and actually have a plan for himself. Yes. Um, love to see more of Mira from, from Amber Heard. Cause she's in the movie a lot, but now that like Aquaman is established as the King of Atlantis, mm-hmm. like she's the queen no or in line to be like the that. queen. Like yeah. what does she look like as a ruler? What does he look like as a ruler? Um, you know, are there any talks about Atlantis trying to like have communications with the surface world and make peace with them um, after Orm trashed the coasts of every mm-hmm. nation in the world, I believe. Yeah, he gave uh, them all of our pollution back. Yeah, so it's he like... Gave us all of our pollution back. I think there's a lot of different ways they go about it. I mean, we are, and we know we're getting the Trench spinoff movie right. um, at some point, and whether or not it comes before Aquaman 2, we don't know yet, but um, the Aquaman world is expanding, and I think that's obviously for the, for the better of DC, for yeah. Warner Brothers, and... Good for Jason Momoa. And I definitely feel like there's a lot to do with the trench as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you just unleash them on everybody or something like that and then run with that. Yeah, you perhaps. can do that. Black Man. Well, except now that Aquaman's king, he technically has, he can just like stomp his trident, right? And then, like, oh, yeah, like, I, pew, pew. I control gone. you. You're <laughs> right. Like, okay. <laughs> like, so it's got to be a threat. Like, maybe there's like a corner of the underwater world that like doesn't obey. Mm-hmm. Like the seventh kingdom, maybe there's like an eighth kingdom out there <laughs> that's like been abandoned. And where's the kraken at? I don't know. I feel like we should have a giant octopus. That'd be great. Yes, <laughs> we need it. We Just need more watched, giant monsters. I uh, I caught like the tail end of parts of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, and I don't know. I'm thinking about giant octopuses right now. <laughs> well, speaking of parts of the Caribbean, Josh. Oh yeah. We are going to talk about the reboot <laughs> hey. that was being planned, and I did not plan that. Not happening anymore possibly uh deadline reported this week that paul wernick and reese the talented writers behind the deadpool franchise behind Zombieland, uh zombie land 2 have walked away from the pirates of the caribbean reboot at disney uh not really any specific reasons given why they did this but it just kind of fell apart there's no deals were made and so now disney is in two minds it seems they're considering finding other writers to take the project on or scrapping it entirely <laughs> and just letting the franchise die. Uh, Variety's Justin Kroll mentioned that at one point he heard that Guy Ritchie was a director they were interested in to come in and direct the reboot. Uh, but that was obviously very early on. No talks were made, no discussions happened and pre or post well, Aladdin. <laughs> uh, it's obviously, it was pre Aladdin trailer. So <laughs> we don't know about that one. And we'll talk about Aladdin uh, briefly, probably in ticket or skip it as well. But, uh, this is kind of like I don't know. I'm I'm of two minds about it as well. Just like mm-hmm. Disney is like it's like oh like I would have loved to see a Paul Wernick, Rhett Reese, hopefully fingers crossed, Blake Lively led Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Yeah, but if they just let it die, like I'm not gonna lose any sleep over it. Yeah, I have this some weird feelings about this because I'm also intermittently playing Kingdom Hearts three, and so I'm just like racing across worlds, and right now. 
I'm on the Pirates of the Caribbean level, oh. which inspired the, like, you know, I want to go watch some of the Dead Man's Chest. And so I would really like to see these movies keep going in some in their, kind of way. In their original continuity? In their original continuity. Get Brenton Thwaites and Kai Scodelario back and uh, have maybe, them lead the way. Maybe just maybe <laughs> just Kira Knightley and Will Smith. Those or two can show up or Will be Smith. around. Will Smith. Uh, Orlando, Orlando Bloom. Bloom. <laughs> Thank you. I'm like, I knew it wasn't Will Turner. but That's his character name? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, but also, Paul Warnick and Rhett Reese, whatever they were working on, um, was probably too edgy for Disney or just, I don't know what the yeah, case was. Possibly. But they're definitely not a match you would put together outside of, I don't know, Deadpool or anything like that. So, not shocked that Disney's like, eh, no. I mean, sure, like, we've dealt with Johnny Depp for four years, but, oh, your guys' script has, like, an S-word in it or something like that. You know, a swear word can't have that. I don't think they'd be so, that worried about it. Yeah, I don't think so either. But I don't know what the case would be. It's dumb, though, because they're talented and mm-hmm. their scripts have turned into great movies. Their scripts attack great directors. Yes. And make great movies in the end. So... Maybe it was Guy Ritchie directing. Like, <laughs> no, no, we're done. Nope, not that guy. That guy's not touching anything. We were right. I mean, if that if that's the point, like you can find a different director. Like mm-hmm. you don't you don't can this because you may or may not have wanted Guy Ritchie directed at one point. But yeah, I'm just I'm just bummed that if we were going to get a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and we still could, and maybe news will come out next week that mm-hmm. some other great writing pair will tackle it, and I'll be like, okay, I can, I can get behind this. Um, but like just the idea of Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese doing a swashbuckling action movie with pirate jargon, like mm-hmm. that, yes. just see, that to me just seems like a, a script that is would be full of comedy and ridiculous sayings and just full of outlandish humor and um, giant sets and fun. And like I, I don't know, I would I would have liked to see that other than like just a Brendan Th- like a continuation of what they're doing currently totally like even if they don't even go with that route maybe they just get some get the Lord and Chris Miller to run one or something like that you know uh, that'd be that, great that relationship is so <laughs> because that would be just as funny but it could be just as family friendly because mm, those guys are churning out the best animated family movies we have other than like the Disney Pixar which are like run of the or not run of the mill right now but <laughs> you just expect those to be good right so, but even those, like, if you're, I don't know if you saw the, uh, I think it was the Pixar account tweeted something about how Incredibles two up for best animated mm-hmm. movie of the year at the Oscars sort of thing, and literally all the replies are the Spidey Sense gif from <laughs> Spider Verse. Everybody's just like, no, <laughs> Spider Verse's movie. Mm-hmm. It's just like that, that, that's funny, but like any other year, Incredibles two would be like, yeah, the, absolutely. This is gonna win best animated movie at the Oscars. So, uh-huh. uh, so I mean, yeah. The, if it, if it was Phil and Chris Miller, great, sign me up. I just feel like at this point, it's not happening with Disney no. and slash Fox, and we can t- we'll touch on that a little bit in the yeah. flyby. So and they can just let it waste for a little while, right? Bring so, it back as an anthology series. Is that what is that what you'd rather them do? Like, should they kill it or just wait it out three more years and then five more years, bring it back, ten more years, and then reboot it? Let us all forget the first parts of the Caribbean films yes the one in 2016 2017 dead men tell no tales 2018 it was 2017 2017 can just waste yeah i don't know if too many people that remember it nope i don't mm-hmm. other than there's something about the trident the trident and some kai scalario was like the f- 
daughter of somebody. Barbosa's daughter who is long lost and Barbosa dies. Yeah, and it's supposed to have this emotional thing. I was like, I don't care about this. Spoilers. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> if you didn't see the fifth parts of the Caribbean movie two years ago. Skip it, folks. Uh, yeah, skip it. And we will move on to take it or skip it. Josh is on a segue roll today. Uh, and we have several trailers to decide which one we want to give our ticket to. The second teaser for Aladdin dropped. The first trailer for Teen Spirit. The second trailer for The Curse of La Llorona. The first trailer for The Hustle. The first teaser for Tolkien. The first trailer for Yesterday. The first trailer for Frozen 2. The first trailer for Ma. The second trailer for Triple Frontier. And the first trailer for Longshot. So we've got like 12 options or something like that this week, Josh. Since we only have one ticket out of all these choices, I think we may want to switch it up a little bit here. Okay. First off, I don't think Aladdin is going to get the ticket. It's not getting my ticket. Would it get your ticket? No, it would not get my ticket. But we have to address the giant blue smith in the room. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's, it's it's just yeah it's it's just weird. It's a little giant. Like I'll you, admit that you were like we're like oh Will Smith's not going to be blue in this thing, and so we're like okay he's just normal Will Smith, and then we see him. I don't think anybody was like that. Oh, what okay. I saw was he's not blue. I riot. Okay, <laughs> I hate yeah. this movie, and now he's blue. And they're like, I hate this. I riot. And there's two images. Yeah, there's two images. There's the one where he's just like, I'm pointing at you. Mm-hmm. Hey, kid. And that one looks great. It looks actually. really good. Uh, but then there's just one where it looks like it's just really flat. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's the it's still from the actual trailer. And well, no, it's sort of like the one where he's walking to mm-hmm. him from the trailer. Whatever, whatever the freeze frame of that is does not do it justice. No. You need to watch it, and it just feels better. It's just, like you said, jarring. Yeah. And but I, I think when all said and done, they're going to have it looking okay. Right. Like, it is very, like, it's, it's weird because it's the same design, but the still, the official still from the movie looks 10 times, maybe 100 times better than the trailer mm-hmm. where he's, the one you're talking about where he's just pointing at Aladdin. Like he yeah, looks like great. The, the effects it, look really good. But then in the trailer, it's just something's off about it. And I still think it looks fine. Like it looks like a blue version of Will Smith, which I don't know what you were expecting other there's, than that. There's from a the little, genie. There's a little bit of like, I don't really know how to describe this, but it looks like they've like race swapped him in some ways with that genie. Okay. And they make him look a little more South Asian. Hmm. Okay, I did not and, get that. And yeah, and then that's and then I think that's kind of like the thing. It's like what? Because Will Smith's face is like compressed, yeah, squished, and definitely is weird to take a look mm-hmm. at because it's still Will Smith, right? But you know, contorted and distorted in all these different ways. So I think that's why it threw me so much. But other than that, everything else around the movie looks fine. Yeah, we saw Raja, we saw Boo, we saw the carpet, mm-hmm. like. There's still good stuff. I'm, I'm still crazy good. He does. That's why I'm not worried too much about this genie stuff. Right. Like, and this movie doesn't come out till the end of May, so they've still got three, four months to mm-hmm. hone the special effects. And I just hope they, for some strange reason, Disney's marketing department chose the wrong clip that wasn't as finished as the rest of the movie will be with the uh, genie's look. So, uh, other than that, since we only have one ticket to give out, can I give out an honorable mention? Yeah, absolutely. And you can give one out as well if you feel like it. Uh, mine's gonna go to Ma. Because this was the unexpected trailer of the week. Didn't even know the thing was a movie until they dropped a, hey, this trailer's coming out. I was like, yeah. <laughs> a, a Tate Taylor directed Octavia Spencer Blumhouse horror movie? Mm-hmm. W- what is this? And the trailer is absolutely wild. I feel like 
I know what the whole movie and the premise and the plot's all about based on the trailer, um, which is somewhat the goal, but I think I feel like you could have marketed this in a little different way and make it a little creepier. Um, but it looks like a whole lot of fun and a completely different turn for Spencer. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. That, that would be the one I would give it to, too, because like it played right before um, Happy Death Day yeah. to You for me. And I was like, wait, what's happening here? And then I'm like, when did Octavia Spencer have time to like, you know, just cut and run and make a Blumhouse movie right. that we wouldn't even like, we didn't have a chance to talk about or mm-hmm. anything like that. So totally cloak and dagger. And she's finally getting a wild role for herself yeah. where she can just cut loose. And that is going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Especially it's like, it's like her Jordan Peele like debut of being <laughs> like insanely creepy mm-hmm. after being like so insanely dramatic and lovable and kick butt. Right. So I'm excited to see that turn for her, but my ticket this week is going to go to yesterday. Yes. Same. same for you. Yes. Same. Same. Awesome. Same. Which I'm happy about because like I've seen like kind of a mixed reaction to the trailer. Surprisingly, like, People are loving it, but some people are just like, I don't know. This movie is not for me. Don't like it. Don't like the premise of the movie where this guy like bonks his head and then wakes up in a world where there's no, the Beatles are not around. And so that he yes. performs all the Beatles songs, acting like he wrote them, becomes world famous. This mm-hmm. is a great songwriter, um, but I think it looks fantastic. Danny Boyle is directing it, and um, it's got Lily James in there as well, who I love. And uh, so this movie just looks like a ton of fun. Uh, and the musical numbers look great. And I just think it's such a interesting premise that like it hooked me right from the start. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like it's taking, it's bringing the Beatles music to like today, mm-hmm. yesterday's music today. Yeah. <laughs> and it, like, I don't understand. Yeah. Like you did credit the criticism that you were talking about there. I don't understand it at all. Like what's the, because I've, I've heard people be like me, like you complaining about yesterday. That's wild. That's weird. Like, what are you going at? What's their, what's the anger about? I don't really, I, I, I don't know. It's hard to understand. It's more just people are like, no, the movie, like they don't like the premise of the movie or they don't like the the direction. Some people have even heard criticizing the main guys singing, which I thought was actually really good. Uh, so I, I have no idea. I think maybe it's just people being angry about just life. And they're taking out this trailer that That's, looks just lovely. Yeah, this lo- absolutely does. Um, and there's going to be like a few music movies this year mm-hmm. that like I'm really paying attention to, and this is going to be one, even though I didn't know about it until like today. Yeah, <laughs> or just yesterday, or whatever the case is. Ah, yesterday. Uh huh. See, uh, but I'm also waiting on Blinded by the Light, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, which is about the Springsteen. I could kid who listens yeah. to Springsteen and just loves it. To That's death. got great reviews out of Sundance. So, uh, which is where I like I picked yeah, up on figured. I'm like, oh, Springsteen movie. Come on, <laughs> I mean, not tangentially rated, but we, like we got Rocket Man as well. Yeah, exactly. So, so like all of these, all of these movies bringing the music today, like not through the biopic way, mm-hmm. but through a chance from to discover new people and characters and go through it from there makes it just, yeah I, this movie this trailer warmed my heart yeah all week so i'm 1000 percent here for it excellent so let's move on to the flyby starting with an update from the oscars where they reversed a decision that they made just early this week that they were going to cut four categories from the live broadcast re-edit them and show them on the air just not show them live and just cut them down and do just the speeches and the winners uh, they got so much backlash from it, from the cinematographers, from the editors, from the short uh, film people that they reversed the decision entirely. They're going to air all 24 uh, Oscars uh, awards at the actual ceremony live next Sunday. So mm-hmm. this is good news, even though it just continues a disastrous 
campaign for the Oscars where every decision they make has been absolutely just lambasted by everybody who's out there and then they just reverse it just to make people happy again. Yeah, it's an industry like your industry is literally like 1000% dedicated to making profits and you can't just like let it go for one night or what I don't understand what they're doing at all here. I'm glad this got reversed. Um and that's great. I mean like when Ron Howard says bad, you know, bad shame on you. I mean, I guess you have to go with it. But yeah, I I don't understand what they're thinking about or talking about. I'm glad they're back. I'm glad it's being focused to the people who have been like working and toiling away for all these awards. Mm-hmm. And yeah, man, they they just need to get it together. They like, yeah. They take the the Oscars need to be taken away from the Academy <laughs> for so many reasons. I think they just need whoever's in charge of the the actual ceremony and yeah, all that stuff. They just need to be fired like mm-hmm. unfortunately like, i don't like like calling for people to be fired and lose their jobs but like somebody needs to step in and be like listen stop trying to only let two people perform the songs let all of them or none of them don't mm-hmm. show some of the awards live show all of them which even though like i would i think when we did our what should the oscars change big question like last year with amanda i think mm-hmm. i proposed like cutting the short film categories and placing them in their own separate um, basically like their ceremony of their own because like as much as like everybody loves to celebrate the Oscars like even people who follow this this uh, stuff religiously they like even they can't really keep up on the short film stuff because there's yeah. just so much of them and they're hard to even get access to sometimes so if you need to make changes I think there are changes you can make the, for the Academy but like I'm glad to see them fix this one so uh we all move on to bond 25 which a report from the playlist mentioned that scott z burns is going to rewrite the movie uh the guy who he wrote the born ultimatum script which uh i'm a big fan of and uh so he's a veteran playwright so he's coming in to rewrite the script as the movie was delayed from february 14th 2020 to april 8th of 2020 so that kind of the new script explains why we're getting kind of have to wait a couple more months for the movie to come out i found the other way because I'm just not really that excited for Bond 25 at this moment. So, uh, okay, fine. Yeah, and I think it's fine by me too. Giving Kerry um, Fukunaga like all the time he needs to do his movie, mm-hmm. that'll be for the best. If you haven't seen Maniac yet, go watch it on Netflix. Or are you just waiting? Are they just delaying it because he's leaving the project? I have to find a director. <laughs> I'm still I'm still waiting for that announcement to come. Uh, it's a it's such a weird pairing. It shouldn't be happening no. right now, but we it, it is and every day that it continues um i'm stoked for it but you know but at the same time i'm like yeah i can wait yeah uh we won't have to wait uh too long hopefully for the new ben f and y stars movies uh because the hbo president casey boyce revealed to tv line this week that their that their franchise which was previously just said that they're going to direct a they're going to develop a star wars series mm-hmm. for the big screen is now confirmed somewhat to be a trilogy. So it, we were thinking, is it four? Is it five? Could it be six movies? Turns out, at least right now, the plan is for it to be a trilogy of films for Bane F and Wise. I feel like this makes sense. Hopefully, since Game of Thrones is wrapping up, they're already working on it, and we could maybe hear something at Celebration. Is that out of the question? I, I, it probably is out of the question. Because I think Ryan's going to have first billing, like first... He'll be the first person to talk about his trilogy. Okay. Even though he does have Knives Out on his way. busy for the rest of the year. Exactly. So, 
we won't get a trilogy announcement or any kind of like announcement until the end of the year. But this does work as confirmation that like, okay, here's the next six Star Wars films. Mm -hmm. Three from Ryan, three from B&D. So, or B&W. Yes. There you go. Thank you. Um, I was going to say D&D. I was like, that's Dungeons (laughs) and Dragons. But yeah, so good for them. Like, I don't, I think thinking of a saga was probably like stretching things too much when we were initially like, what could it be? But, these people obviously love long form storytelling. So we're like, maybe, maybe who knows? Give it's them nine possible. movies. <laughs> right. But paying attention to our trilogy, um, pay attention to some characters for three films, a three film arc is as much attention as we can really give. Harry Potter remains that lone exception. Yeah. Uh, but then we got a report from Variety this week that Thomas Middleditch has joined the cast of Zombieland Double Shot, or is it Double Tap? Double Tap. Double Tap, sorry. Um, but there are no details given on his character. We were talking before we recorded about who he, what role he could possibly fill. I propose that he is a geeky guy that Emma Stone goes after after Jesse Eisenberg, like, it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know if I'm going to be in a relationship with you anymore because, like, Zoe Dutch is here now. So, either way, whether Tom Middle is just, like, a geeky guy who comes in or he's mm-hmm. the villain of the film or he's just some random zombie-hunting person in the apocalypse, he's yeah. great, and so I'm happy to see him join the cast. For sure. He is terrific and can't wait for Silicon Valley to come back around this year. But I think he could be a villain. We haven't had a human villain yet. Mm, no. Kind of? No, not at all, actually. Just... Everyone trying to go to the carnival and ride the yeah. the merry-go-round? No. The drop, the... Yes, the demon drop or whatever, yeah, whatever it's called. Is. Uh, so perhaps that's him this time around, depending on whatever they are, mutant zombies or whatever the big change is mm-hmm. this time around. But I'm glad he's a part of it. Just more talent to the show. Yeah. Uh, and Deadline put this week that Sony won a bidding war for Phil Lord and Chris Miller's new sci-fi movie, The Last Human, uh, where Robot finds the last human on Earth, takes under her wing, or its wing, and then they go off on their own adventure together. Uh, they will write and direct the movie, and part of the bidding war, which is said to be like I think like a, a seven-digit or eight-digit deal for Lord and Miller. Uh, they beat Sony beat out like Warner Brothers and a bunch of the studios, except for everything. Basically, every other studio was bidding for it, except for Disney slash Fox. So I feel like it says enough of Disney knows. Let's not go back to them just yet. After Solo, mm-hmm. there maybe still some wounds that need to heal. But either way. Glad to see this happen. I believe it's supposed to be a live action movie as well. So it'll be great to see Lord Miller take on something this giant and big for sci-fi. Yeah. An original, yeah. An original project mm-hmm. too from them again. So that is going to be great noise. And then also Sony has shown that they're, you know, allowance or them, them being able to tolerate innovative ideas and directions and art and everything like that. So whatever the last human, you know, chocks up, mm-hmm. I'm sure we're going to be able to get like a as as much of an uncensored vision from Lord and Miller. Yeah. And then lastly, we got another report from Variety that Spike Lee's next movie, The Five Bloods, is heading to Netflix. Chadwick Boseman set to star alongside Delroy Lindo and Gene Reno, or Reno. Uh, and the movie will follow Vietnam veterans who return to the jungle to find their lost innocence. Production may begin as soon as next month. So the next Spike Lee movie on the way. We are both huge fans of Black Klansman. I hope it cleans up some awards at the Oscars next week. Don't know if it will or not, but uh, very happy for Spike Lee, for Bozeman. I think that's a really interesting pairing. And uh, Netflix as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am so glad to see Spike Lee get a Netflix release. Like, his film should be on there. Mm-hmm. Like, in Massey, but good to see it. 
they yeah. got they Netflix is executing on their wait. Let's stop getting content now and let's get great content. Okay, I was like, and they're definitely is, not stopping content. And this is and this is just another domino in that line. Mm-hmm. So good for them. Yeah, I mean, Black Klansman, while a critical success, only made eighty nine million dollars worldwide, which is still pretty good for a fifteen million dollar reported budget, but. With a Spike Lee movie, the types of stuff he likes to explore in a war possible premise, mm-hmm. uh, I think the potential for this to be a huge hit for Netflix. Yeah, so, Netflix should really just sign on and buy his, you know, his uh, his library. Yeah. Really, I think the Black only Klansman deserves to be seen by so many more people. I think the only one that they have on there right now, if is is uh, do the right thing. Do the right thing. They have the uh, she's got to have it movie on there as well as his new series he's make with Dewanda Wise, but uh, yeah. Go check both those out. Black uh, Black Clansman's great. Currently on Blu-ray, DVD, VOD. So if you want to check it out, get ready for The Five Bloods on Netflix, hopefully next year. So uh, that is all we have for this week. Next week, we'll be back with a review of, ha- uh, not Happy Death Day to You, because that's what we did this week, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, I believe is what we'll do next week. So gonna i've already seen it there's a review up on the site friends.wordpress.com i will absolutely be going back to check it out again this weekend uh because that movie is fantastic and can't wait to talk about it uh next week we'll be back with a big question tackling the future of star wars on the big screen what is it what's coming what could be coming uh we're gonna just break it all down here after a bunch of rumors and reports and wrappings happened this past week so uh we'll also be back uh in the future and if you want to tell us your thoughts i think our you can do so by joining us at Friends Film, and you can follow me personally on Twitter at MovieCooper. And you can get at me, Josh, at just Joshua Ryan. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, retweet, and more. Plus, our tunes give us a five-star review with comments. Thanks, and for tuning to the Friends Film Podcast. Josh, thank you for stopping in, everybody. And be sure to turn next week for our future episodes. <laughs>